Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. Today, we're talking about Nick at Night. I am Joe Morata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Hello. Hello there. Nick at Night. Nick at Nick Night. at Night. Can't wait for this yeah. one. This is going to be a lot of fun here. Folks, we hope you had fun last week if you were with us for the Cola Wars. Yeah, the inaugural uh, episode. Yep, the inaugural In this brawl. canon of, yes. of Acid Wash <laughs> In Memories. In this canon, not the pilot canon, which you can find on a different podcast which, even feed. though it's a pilot canon, it's three episodes, which isn't usually a pilot. Three but, pilots. Yeah, it's three, okay. It took three. a while. <laughs> to get triple approved. pilots. Yeah, triple pilots. But thank you guys for being with us here for another week as we take a nostalgia field ride back to a simpler time mm-hmm. as our, uh, our the voice of Acid Wash Memories, Alyssa Marino. I see says. you're imitating her. Yes, already. I'm imitating her. Okay. So anyway, folks, thank you for uh, imitating somebody that likes us here as you listen to us. If this is your first time, Check out our previous episode. There's one other one so far. Yeah. That's really it's not much to catch up on. No, you don't have well, other to. Other than the pilot episodes. Maybe the they'll be pilots. on this feed. One day, I think the- Episode minus three, minus yeah, two, and minus, minus one. one. Exactly. Yeah. But thank you guys so much for being with us here. We hope you have fun with you here. Maybe you pass some time at work while you're listening to us, driving in the car, whatever you might be doing. Mm-hmm. That's why we're here. We're here to help you have fun. Yeah. Right? It's fun time. Reminisce. It's fun time. And we're talking about Nick at Night today, Michael Quinn. And Nick at Night- especially in the 80s and really for us, people of our generation in the 90s, Mm -hmm. to me, it was synonymous with comfort. You're home away from home every night on Nick at Night. Yes, comfort. And also, it felt like you were in the know about what your parents watched or something. And that's why the subtitle here is our portal to the past, right? Because. Why else, in all seriousness, would people that were born in, let's say, the mid-80s or even early 80s, like some of you out there, or maybe even the late 70s or early 90s, why would you know some of these shows You know that, yeah. that were on, these black and white well, shows? Well, because Nickelodeon wasn't playing cartoons, so Correct. it was uh, time for Nick at Night. N-I-C-K-A-T, Nick at Night for me. Better living through television. In case you've been living under a rock somewhere or maybe in England... Same thing, some would say. Just kidding. They didn't have Nick. <laughs> I don't know or if they had Nick. Or was it like somebody else's name, like Terry or whatever? Like, <laughs> Terry? I don't know. Just yeah, Terry. somebody else. Terrence at night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you didn't have Nickelodeon and you're not aware of what Nickelodeon was, the story will be unfolded for you very shortly. You kind of have to like know what Nickelodeon is first to know what the hell Nick at night is. Right, exactly. You have to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. Yeah. Same thing. hmm The point that we're trying to make here is that Nick and Knight really meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to Quinn and probably countless people from our generation and and younger and older Mm -hmm. uh, because it was such a staple of the cable television lineup. And obviously Nickelodeon was the main channel that primarily occupied that cable channel space. Right. And Nickelodeon was both a children's television channel Mm -hmm. and also like a preteen, early teens. They had Teen Nick and Snick. Yeah. They kind of captured if you were under... 
I don't know, 16 or and yeah. lower. Yeah. They even had like the ch- the children's children stuff, like the baby stuff during the day. Yeah. It was actually a very well-produced channel, a very well-programmed channel. I even thought their channel. scheduling was very smart. Was like when the kids that are watching your usual preteen slash teen stuff mm-hmm. are at school, you put the little kids stuff on so they can get they're it. they're not at school. I mean, what a market, right? It's just, it's <laughs> sitting there. They, they don't go to school yet. So exactly. put stuff on for them, right? Perfectly said. Sharon Lois and Bram's Elephant Show will be right back after these messages. Now, Nick at Night, that portion of it, that debuted in July of 1985. But in order to get there, we have to go all the way back to the beginning of cable television. Now, this is a very brief history. This is a summation. This is not in-depth. Maybe one day, Quinn, Mm -hmm. we'll do a whole history of cable Cable. in the U.S., right? But the genesis of cable television was, believe it or not, in the late 1940s. And by 1952, there were 70, quote-unquote, cable systems with a total of 14,000. That's it. Subscribers. Oh, I thought you were going to say seven subscribers. Because <laughs> no, no. who the hell had it before the 80s? But think about that. Maybe only the late 70s? Only 14,000 across the U.S. By 1962, only 10 years later, there were now 800 cable providers and 850,000 subscribers. Say this. It's interesting that there was this amount of cable people in, in general. And I'll say that only because I remember... Even in the late 80s, the gist of it was, who's going to pay for TV? Like, you know, like that was like the kind of the mantra, right? Pay TV and cable TV companies are seeking the right to charge you for the very programs you now get free. If you want to stop pay TV and save free television, sign the petition in the lobby of this theater. And that's totally right. I mean, you got to remember, in the infancy of TV and the golden age of television in the 50s and into the early 60s, you bought your big television set. It was a big purchase. It was an asset. It was an expense, right? And it had rabbit ears. And it had rabbit ears, and it had a tiny little screen, and it had cathode ray tubes in there, right? Mm-hmm. And what you would do is get your choice of like three or four channels and watch the over-the-air free broadcast. You can tune in this wonderful new Westinghouse television set with just one hand like this because it has the sensational new Westinghouse single-dial control. And you know what? You didn't even think about cable. That was the other thing. It was like no you were just did. like, "This is this is what's on." <laughs> like that's Correct. it. You know, this is and what's so, on. In some regions, you had UHF. Yeah. Like get so a that UHF was, antenna. That was free. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I, I can get more channels by yeah. buying this thing, but I don't have to pay a subscription. But besides, you know, the big markets and the big uh, television stations, such as uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, and for a period of time, as we all know, the Dumont Network. Yeah, don't bring them up. Right. <laughs> we won't bring them up again. This is the Dumont Television Network. Besides that, that's kind of what you were stuck with, right? So the idea of- It wasn't even on all day. Right. <laughs> Signed off our at night. It's true. Like, you know what? We're done. We're, like, we have nothing else We've for shown you, you everything. <laughs> There's like, no we'll other see, actors. We'll see you tomorrow at like eight or something. <laughs> like, I don't know, whenever the news is on. Exactly. <laughs> we, we got nothing else. There's yeah. no other shows, folks. Yeah. We're sorry. And anyway- It's weird to think they had they like didn't have enough stuff to occupy- they didn't. Like a 24-hour lineup. But they didn't back then, and that's how much TV was in its infancy. So the idea of paying for- cable like Quinn said no one was doing that that's it was very niche in the same way Quinn that yes the internet was around well before the World Wide web was established mm-hmm. and all and became more popular in the 90s but it was like the real hardcore enthusiasts had the internet in like 1979 yeah really you know it, really like it took like AOL and shit to like get people to give a crap exactly and not that this is exactly the same but cable did blow up and exploded in the late 70s and into the 80s we're gonna get to that so 
One big thing that did happen in the early 70s was the formation of Home Box Office, mm, HBO. HBO. Now, this was not cable. This was actually initially satellite beamed. Oh, really? Yes, it was. And uh, probably one of the biggest initial coups that they had that proved that there was some kind of market for this was the Ollie Frazier fight of 1975. Right. They had HBO Sports, but it wasn't like its own thing. It was just like a section a section of the lineup. Of the or lineup. Something. Yeah, yeah, it's like it sometimes channel. we have sports. <laughs> Occasionally. Occasionally. But the main draw... You have to remember, this is a time before like VHS and shit, right? It literally is, yes. This is a channel that plays feature-length movies Mm -hmm. unedited. Correct. Which they were edited previously on television. On television, yeah. All day. And Mm -hmm. not just that, unedited movies on television, but like newish. Like they were just in the movies. Because unless you had a reel-to-reel player and you could obtain a copy, your only chance of seeing it again is if they played it on TV and Mm -hmm. edited form, or if they re-ran it in your local theater. Yeah, or like, what if, like, for example, you wanted to see E.T., right? But, you know, life was busy, you couldn't take the kids, whatever, right? Or, I don't know, you were on a trip in Panama, I don't know. Or you went to (laughs) Panama. You were were just not in the country, right? (laughs) That's the only way you wouldn't see E.T., is if you weren't in the country. You went on an African safari, you went up the Swiss Alps, I don't know. You went to the Berlin Wall. Whatever, right? You were doing that, Uh and you didn't, you missed out. You're a loser. You came back and all your friends were like, E.T., E.T., it was the greatest thing ever. You missed it because you didn't get to go to the movies, right? Well, in a couple of months, HBO. <laughs> right. We have E.T. <laughs> Very fine rendition, yeah. Quinn. It's like, like they're playing it right here yeah. in the room with us. Yeah, exactly. Now, something big happened, though, also. Speaking of satellites, there was a man named Ted Tana. Ted Tana. And he formed, out of Atlanta, the Superstation WTBS. From Turner Broadcasting System, you're watching Superstation WTBS, Atlanta. And what that meant is places other than Atlanta were actually able to get this station via satellite, and it ran old television programming. Uh, Another great idea. Exactly. TV movies and things like that. And then... There was this little court case called HBO versus the FCC in 1977. What was their problem? The FCC was all pissy because obviously the Federal Communications Company. But they have authority. They were all pissy at the satellite uplinks and HBO in particular because they were taking away now from broadcast television over the air. That's actually a legitimate concern if you think it about it. If you recall, this goes to back to the why Why do they have to say their name and shit like that? Station identification. Because the there literally is only so many wavelengths and all that stuff. Correct. So it's like actually the FCC's responsibility to make sure some dork doesn't come in and hog up all the waves, right? Right. And what the FCC wanted to do was kind of put limitations on what cable could do. Right. Because you weren't here first, basically, Correct. right? Yes, you're, you're, you're encroaching. You're, you're incoming. Like, you're incoming. You, so you got to get in the back of the line. We're the establishment here. Yeah. But the ruling of the HBO versus FCC stipulated that the FCC was not justified in restricting cable TV in order to protect the broadcast networks. Yeah? Good! And following this first ruling, there was a whole slew of court decisions the writing of the rules for cable, if you will. Correct. The and, constitution of cable. And all the FCC's pissing and moaning was kind of for naught because the cable operators gained their right to air current movies, hmm. sporting events, and other services in the top TV markets, Michael Quinn. That includes porn, doesn't it? Probably. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Cinemax, anybody? Yeah. So by 1979, if you remember where we were in the early 50s, you know, 
1979, there were already 16 million subscribers. Now, it's still a drop in the bucket considering all the televisions in the U.S., yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But we're definitely exponentially increasing. Now, if you're wondering why we're going through all of this. It matters. It matters. ESPN debuted in 1979. The ESPN. The ESPN. The first actual like 24-hour sports cable channel. Hi. I'm Lee Leonard welcoming you to Bristol, Connecticut, 110 miles from New York City. Why Bristol? Because here in Bristol is where all the sports action is as of right now. And we're just minutes away from the first event on the ESPN schedule. That must have been like a revelation, right? It was yes. like, wait a sec, I can get the, the MLB scores all day? Because right. there was no like internet. Like, <laughs> right, unless you were a real hardcore Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, exactly. It's like, well, I, I missed the Phillies game or whatever <laughs> you're interested in, right? That's what Harry Callis was talking about. Yeah. But guess what else formed in 1979, Michael Quinn? What? Nickelodeon. Ah, there it is. There's our friend. There's our friend. But we're so. still not even at the, the Nick part no. and the night. Right, no night. It's daytime <laughs> it's only. It's just Nickelodeon. And I'm not being funny. It really was like daytime only. They didn't have overnight programming yet. I mean, the, the <laughs> early days of cable, like a lot of people, it's it's hard to fathom, I think, for a lot of people, but they really didn't have, a, they, they were like just desperately trying to fill this time. It's true, though. Yeah. You're, you're 100% right. So Nickelodeon had previously kind of formed under um, a, like a test broadcast called the QB Network in December of 77, but Nickelodeon in earnest, April of 79. Nickelodeon. Innovative, non-commercial, cable television programming for young people. Now, Nickelodeon. Go ahead. What a fantastic idea, right? Because before this, right, there was only, like, limited times for children's programming. There was uh, there was Sesame Street and stuff on PBS. And like, that's it. As Fraser would say, who watches PBS? But, you know, if you were a kid, you, you don't have many options here, right? So you watch PBS, Of course, right? I watch Mr. Rogers, too. Right? Or the Saturday morning block of cartoons. Mm-hmm. And then you were shit out of luck. You just had to watch the adult stuff that maybe you weren't interested in. Right. And that's a great point because we're still before the Fox network at this point. Your TV stations, you know, obviously they aired their network programming. Beyond that, they aired their children's programming during the day. And it could be really local and shittily produced. Remember, yeah. there's all different bozos and stuff. And so, yeah. There was, Literal bozos. And it I also mean. was pretty spotty on the networks. Like <laughs> right. which network did afternoon like kids shows Mm -hmm. i know like channel 11 for us like picks or whatever they did the the turtles were on that and like their own stuff but it was like all over the place like even in in my time when there was like cable and like it it took a while before there was like no nickelodeon's got even as a kid it took me my friend we had nickelodeon i didn't even know we had it and my friend's (laughs) like i come over his house one day and he's got nickelodeon i'm like what's this and he's like it's great. There's cartoons on all day. And I'm like, no, there isn't. What like, was he watching? Friggin' David the Gnome or one like of them? like Doug or some shit. Doug's a great program. And, and like, we're, we're watching the Ren and Stimpy and everything. And <laughs> what was crazy to me in my discovery of Nickelodeon was the fact that there was like live action like yes. shows for kids. And yeah. I was like, whoa. And it's like, there's no adults. Like, this is crazy. You can't do that on television. We'll be back after this. <laughs> And one of their big pickups was uh, You Can't Do That on Television. Right. It was a big pickup for In them. the early days. In the early days. Yeah. So Nickelodeon is formed in 79. It's all Canadian, by the way. Can yes, we just that note is. that? They yeah. also, yes, it was. So there was no nighttime programming. And then in April of 81, so we're two years into Nickelodeon, okay. the channel now, they started sharing their nighttime channel space with the Alpha Repertory Television Service known as the Who? Arts Channel. Okay. Arts and Farts and Crafts. Arts and Farts and Crafts. 
And that lasted until February of 84 when the Arch Channel merged with NBC's failing Entertainment Channel. Now, when those merged, they became, Quinn, Arts and Entertainment. Oh, A and E. A and E. I know them. Yes. And they stayed- What in a juggernaut they, 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 they became. They yeah. did, though, yeah. didn't they? They stayed uh, in the Nickelodeon channel space at night until January- of 1985. Now this is then they got their own. Then they got their own 24-hour channel. Okay. Yes, 100% correct. Now this to me is is still very quaint. Tell me what you think of this. Nickelodeon was running at night just text promos on screen for their daytime programming. Just text? Yes. Yeah, scrolling that's text? That's all it would be was just like text on the screen. Oh, uh, Doug's going to be on or whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck. Well, not in 85, I yeah, don't think so. Uh, but You can't do that on television. Yeah, it might be on exactly. tomorrow. We're not sure. And that went on for six months until July 1st, 1985, Ooh. when Nick at Night was launched. And the idea behind this was, well, if we're going to share the channel space. Let's share it with ourselves. Right. Let's do a rebranding for the nighttime block mm-hmm. where it's adult-focused programming. This draws in the people that remember the first time these shows ran. Now they can watch them now, again. Yeah. I think the main crazy thing to me about this, why it's novel, like you said, there was re-airings of shows and stuff had sure. been done before. Sure. But what this did is it went and found like really old shit, right? Yes. Like things that our parents grew up with exactly that we didn't know about and for the parents it was great because i remember there was buzz even among my own parents about nick at night about how like mine too oh i remember that show uh-huh. it was great you're gonna, i haven't seen it in years yeah or or like you're gonna love it i loved it uh-huh. when i was your age like that kind of t- thing so it was like one of those things like families could share together right bingo Quinn. it was a perfect idea it was so what we're gonna do now folks in our, our typical style here is we're gonna run through some of these shows uh and then we will talk about them as we see fit. There's some that I have nothing to say about, obviously. Okay. But the first thing I'm going to do is just the launch shows that all launched on July 1st, 1985. Let's run them down. Okay. The original Dennis the Menace show. I kind of remember it, like still being on there. Was on until March of 90. Yeah. The Donna Reed show, which I just want to say it was on for 10 years and I never once watched it. I never it. watched <laughs> it either. What? Did anyone watch that? We want to hear from the Donna Reed fans out there. Okay? I'm sure there's like huge fans. Beware. Nick at Night scientists have discovered powerful subliminal messages embedded in the Donna Reed show. Now, the next one, this one, I remember watching a shit ton of this, and it was on during the day sometimes. Yes, this show was ubiquitous. I'm sure it was also on in syndication on our local stations, too, because mm-hmm. I saw it all over the place. We're talking, of course, about Lassie. So that's a name I haven't really thought about in a long time. Lassie, you know, was to me like a very deceptively good show. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. <laughs> really, no. Because anytime it would be come on, it's like, oh, Lassie, da, 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 da. like you know, it's all peaceful and shit. The orchestra's and like, in the room again. And, and as you're a kid, you're kind of like, this looks stupid, right? <laughs> and then you get drawn in because, like, honestly, first of all, the family was kind of like they kind of seemed like pretty normal, like to the point of, oh, I can see this family existing now. Like they sure. weren't like fifties ish or whatever. They were just very like average. You think so? Yeah, they were. I don't know. I, I got to know them as a viewer, right? Heard it here first, folks. So, and the other part, the stories were kind of like, I wouldn't say like action packs, but they had a little action to them. Like shit would happen on Lassie. And they were unique for their time. Lassie started in 54. Yeah. I'll never forget the episode where the mom and the family, her her leg gets caught in like a deer trap or something and it looks hideous and like Lassie's got to go fucking like tell everyone like what's up but they're like they're like really out there did she say the words or she how did she tell them 
oh, she she had to like go, you know, woof 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 woof, and like they they had to like Lassie's like trying to convince them and stuff that like mom's like in the woods somewhere and <laughs> trying to convince them they didn't believe Lassie. I don't remember. And then you know, some old man with a fucking shotgun shows up. You know, it's like typical. You know, it's like I'll I'll find her or whatever. <laughs> typical like, Lassie you, you, fair. I forget or the dad or whatever he was, but I just remember. I specifically remember because the bear trap was very like brutal looking, and I right. was like, this poor woman. Like they need to like save her. Like Lassie, do something. I don't know, man. It was the fifties. It might not have been special effects. I'm I'll just say this. Put it that Thank way. God she took Lassie with her well, when course. she was in her convertible Model T or whatever. If you're going to be gallivanting around in the fifties and you have Lassie, you take her yeah, with you. Yeah. Uh, and Nick at Night took it with them all the way. Until 1996, this mm-hmm. was still airing on Nick at Night. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us out there listening heard this one. Uh, I'll be interested if its sister show was on Nick at Night. It was. I know okay. the one name. Okay. Don't no, spoil it, okay? Yeah. Uh, National Geographic Explorer never watched it. No. This, it's been on multiple channels, I, though. Yeah, I swear this was also, like, on other things. It was on TBS when they revived. It, it had revivals. Like, it started okay. in 85, but it's, like, specials. Maybe the TBS runs the one I saw, because so, that's in the 90s. It's also on CNN. NBC. Yeah. Very smart. Very smart. And MSNBC. It was like, like, we're going to go to like. No, that's Jacques Cousteau. No, that's the National Geographic song. You can play it in the, you can insert it. Route 66. Never watched it. Never watched it. Never got my kicks there. Turkey television. What the fuck is that even? I've never even heard it. Oh, Canadian sketch comedy. <laughs> originally aired on Nick. Well, you there know, you it's it's Nick. It's got to be Canadian, right? They got to fill it in somehow. That one's for our, our good friend Kelly Smallwood out mm-hmm. there in Canada. Uh, anyway, My Three Sons, a show I've heard of, never watched an episode. Wasn't, the- wasn't into this, but it was on for quite a bit. So, and I, I remember it, seeing it in passing and not giving a shit. Same here. That was the yeah. one with Fred McMurray. He had yeah. three sons, from what I understand. And I that, that aired until 91 on Nick at Night. Now, now here's one I've seen. I, I I hate this show. Okay, so... Like, I know some people like this show, but I can't stand it. So this is now year two of Nick and Night. Now, in case you're wondering how we're going to do this, folks, we're gonna we're not going through every single show that ever aired on Nick and Night. I just want to preface that, going okay? some of the lineups here. We're going through some of them, uh, and we are going to go up until the early 2000s, because in our opinion, you know, retro, which is what we do, is about 20 years back, sure. right? So that's what so we're we'll doing. So we'll keep it to that. It's um, not every show ever. Is Night even still on? I yeah, don't even is. know. It okay. is, but it has stuff that, like, Oh, it's like not even for, it's like Quinn. stuff that came after us. It like has like How I Met Your Mother and stuff like that. Come been, on, been that's on not it. even, <laughs> doesn't even feel old. I know. It's not like five years ago it ended. It's, it's not long enough. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this so, shit was like 30 years old when it aired. I know. <laughs> and it, when I was sitting here watching this black and white shit, it might it might as well have aired during the Civil War for yeah. all I knew as a kid. You know, it I honestly, because like yeah, you're century. that age where you don't even really know how. You're like, is this from the 18th century? <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. What, is Mozart making a cameo on this yeah. one? Anyway, Mr. Ed on March 3rd, 1986. Yeah, this fucking, the, the talking horse. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, You're yeah. going to offend some people. I know. People love this shit, but I don't. Did Mr. Ed perform his own stunts? The answer, no. His stunts were performed by Dirty Dancing star Patrick Swayze. It was on Nick at Night until January of 93, and I certainly do remember it. I remember it, too. They, they And there was always, like, stupid commercials about it that were trying to be cute and stuff. Like, they insert Mr. Ed into, you know, some clip from it or something. It is. It's a good concept. It's yeah. a talking horse. What's wrong is with it? that? It's a great concept, Quinn. What's wrong with it? I don't know. 
You don't like the talking horse? It's just creepy. Wilbur. I don't even, I don't love horses. Let's put it that way. Well, you and Mike Francesa have a big difference of mm-hmm. opinion there. Uh, the next one was I Spy I on May 4th. I kind of remember this. That was a Bill Cosby 60s spy related right. show. Yes, that's why I remember it. This thing, I could give a shit. I've never seen it. This, I know who they are, the Smothers Brothers, but they had their own show that was like a fa- uh, like it's some a comedy hour. No, it wasn't. This is like their fantasy sitcom. Excuse me? Yeah, I don't need this. This isn't the like variety show or whatever? Not the Smothers Brothers variety hour or what, comedy hour or isn't whatever. Isn't that like the good one? Isn't this like getting yeah. like the minor, like their, their crap, essentially, <laughs> and just putting it on Nick at night? This is getting Bush instead of Budweiser. Do you think they thought... Man, there's probably some people who remember this and thought they like thought it was fake, like it was a fake memory <laughs> yeah, or something. Like a Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, we like say, right? it's like we're gonna prove it. <laughs> We've got the tapes. Maybe. Like, <laughs> uh, also aired in '86 to '88, and then briefly in '97, just for shits. Uh, a show that I never liked, uh, even as a kid, The Monkees. Yeah, I watched it in ninety in ninety seven. I probably did too. I never yeah. liked it much, but I'm, I like some of their songs. I mean, okay, so I remember the most I remember about this was thinking to myself, "Is that the Beatles?" Well, that's like, what they wanted all the, yeah, like the teeny I, boppers in I the like, '60s to think. Is this the Beatles show? No. Like, why? And I was like, why are they called the Monkeys? It's like it I don't, in the song. Hey, yeah. hey, we're the Monkeys. Yeah, but they, they should. It should have been. Hey, hey, we're the Monkeys. We're not the Beatles. We're not the Beatles. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they should have at least clarified. Is all I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> like, so hey, hey, we're the Monkeys is not enough for you. We I need more uh, expose, more. exposition, whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's it for 86 arrivals. Let's go to 1987. With I don't a, remember this show. <laughs> of course, the acclaimed. And apparently it probably was if it was on Nick and Night so long. The Ann Southern Show. Does even have a Wikipedia page? Also known as Private Secretary. Yes. Now, Ann Southern Who? is one of those actresses from kind of Lucille Ball's time. In fact, they were okay. friends in real life. Is uh, this a case of I know Lucy and Lucy owns a production company like situation? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if her shows were uh, made by Desi. Lou, I'd have to confirm. Yeah, where Desi Arnaz was the executive producer it, of her shows. I feel like so. There you go. Okay. Do you feel like there was a weird like TV empire of yes. Lucy, but like not even just like Desi Lou, but all her freaking friends. Like, oh, in the she business. had people that she loved to work. Like Gail Gordon was one of the guys, and it's like, and, and you get a show, and you get a show, like yeah, that kind of thing. Probably, but like when with all her power. But when you're like, number one, the way I love Lucy was, you yeah. have the ability to imagine, throw your weight around. That kind of power where you can, you're like so successful in TV that you can just like, like it's kind of like how Oprah is now, like how she can just be like that person gets a TV show. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Just like yes, that. Like, uh, Oprah doesn't even do stuff anymore. She, like, <laughs> occasionally does things. She more just, like, points at people and says that you're going to get a thing now. I think that's exactly what she does. So, yeah. does, uh, so do the Kardashians, too, right. if you want to mm-hmm. be honest here. Uh, Bad News Bears. I never watched it. Not I, I didn't. I think I watched it. No. Never mind. It didn't air. Ma- I just knew of the show. Yeah, same here. Mad Movies with the LA Connection. What could this possibly be? Every episode apparently is a spoof of a classic movie. Interesting. Mad Movies. It's old classics with all new soundtracks. I'm Nick at Night. Never saw it. Uh, Car 54, Where Are You? I actually only... This, re- I feel like I saw. I only saw it, I swear, because they reran a bunch of their old shit one last time was, in 95. Yeah, there was like this weird limited run of a lot of these yep. shows from the 80s where they yep. like all came back. Just for like a night or something, Like some Nick of at them. Night Classic or something. Like, you, it, like it was like something like, like that, it wasn't is. it? When we yeah. were like eight or nine They're or like, something. They're like, hey, you know, we show old shit, but this is even older right. shit that we used to show when we were old. Yeah. When we, back when, back in the day. Back in the day. And, uh, Nick at Night's old enough to have Nick at Night classics. Right. That's what it was, though. 
Rowan and Martin's laughing. Never watched it. Not at all. 87 I'm to sure 90. It came back. Yeah, 97 it came back. Came back one episode. 1988 saw the debut on Nick at Night of Make Room for Daddy, a show that I never watched. What? That's another one of those 50 sitcoms during the outbreak of them. This is Danny Thomas's show. Excuse me. I don't know anything about it. Won't pretend to. Folks, send us your cards and letters. Quinn, what do you know about Lancelot Link's secret chimp? Nothing. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. This is interesting. So apparently yeah, for- What is it? How, how did this even happen? I, I don't remember it. It went right up to um, August of 91, so I was watching Nick at Night by then. But the best of Saturday Night Live aired for a few now, years. is this the DVDs, how they were? Like, you know what I'm talking about, those DVDs from the late 90s. <laughs> the Will Ferrell like, one that everyone had? It's so good. It is good. That I'm one's amazing. Because it, it's also got the, the clip from like when he was um, the old prospector that was like deleted or whatever. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's probably just compilations I'm say, I'm that NBC made. Yeah, I'm saying it's probably that format where it's just, you know, it's just a bunch episodes, of clips and maybe there's a host or something. If anyone has any more information on the Nick and Night airing of the best of Saturday Night Live, please tweet at us at AWM Podcast on Twitter. By the way, I guarantee you that best of Saturday Night Live from that time, 88 to 91, mm-hmm. that's before even like anybody good came on in the 90s, right? Like we're talking about the shitty 80s era was still in existence, right? Yeah, but they were probably running the good 70s era. Of the 99 shows you could be watching at 10 o'clock, only one boldly go where no comedy has gone before. The best of Saturday Night Live, every night at 10, 9 central on Nick at Night. It wouldn't be Canadian content yep. without SCTV having a run yes, for a the couple other of years. Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> Why they put they started that all at the same time? September, like, isn't that a little much? September fourth, yeah, was SNL, and then September tenth, eighty eight, was uh, SCTV. Now, to be fair to Second City Television, it, which I never really liked, anytime I saw it as a kid, there were some very impressive uh, people on there, like yes, John Candy being also, one. It was it was a lot of people from like Home Alone and stuff. Catherine O'Hara yeah, also was yeah. another one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it was Rick like Moranis. Also, the the dad from uh, Schitt's Creek and what's what's the other thing he's in? The fucking American Pie. Oh, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Yeah, no, there were a lot of talented people yeah. on that show. I just never really watched it. Here's another one I never watched. I understood the premise. I remember the promos. I remember the intro. It was on from uh, September of 88 to August of 93. The Patty Duke Show. I don't remember a damn thing about this. Identical Cousins, you know? No? Nope. Okay, good. Uh, 1989 Okay, here. this is getting weird now. Looney Tunes? Yeah, I remember that. On Nick at Night? I do remember it. I don't know what, what night of the week. Wasn't that on during the day on Nick? Because that's what I remember. They might have ran it on like a... Was Nick at Night on on Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, it was, right? Yeah. Before Snick, I mean. It's really weird. Maybe they ran it on a Sunday or something when the kids, like, That's before odd. they go back to school. I used to have a tape or, like, a tape collection that was, like, eight hours of fucking Looney Tunes. Oh, that's a great collection. Yeah, it was awesome. amazing. I loved I'd watch Tunes. it a million times. So here's one for you, and this was a staple, and I have this no problem with this show. lasted fucking forever. Yeah. In fact, let me break down the runs before we say what it is. September of 89 to August of 91, but then again, the second run June of 94 until August of 2000. We are, of course, talking about Bewitched. Yes, Bewitched. Did you like it? Do, 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 do. Like I didn't mind nervous. it. No, I mean, I love this show. I didn't it was, mind it. it was, I don't know, like to me, so it was always between this and I Dream of Genie. They felt like very similar. Very similar. I think I like Bewitched. No, I like I Genie liked, more. I like Genie more. I think more. I like Genie more, actually. I, I, you know what it was? Samantha felt less personable to me than <laughs> Genie for some reason. And I don't know why. I can't explain that to you. Like, I don't know why. Were Bewitched and I Dream, of Je- I Dream of Genie, were they sister shows on the same network or were they competing like the Monsters and the Adam fi- I, I want to say one came out after the other, but it was like either, I think it was Bewitched was a response 
to I Dream of Genie. Uh, it was the concept of like a fantasy show, right? Yeah, but was where it, like there's magic and stuff. Well, there was magic. I think Bewitched was first. Yeah, Bewitched was first. Interesting. And lasted longer. But anyway, yeah, it was on a long time. Green Acres also think, debuted. Just, like, a, just on an aside, go ahead. do you feel that Bewitched is weirdly like the precursor to like Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Like it's, it's of course, they're almost man. like the same show, except of course. one's a mother and one's a teenager, yeah. but it's the same fucking 100%. problems. I got magic and some shit went wrong yeah, you in think- like everyday life. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that, it's like literally the same like premise. I got magic and shit went wrong. It's always like there's some mishap. Like, oh, you know, I lost my temper at the supermarket and I turned a lady into a plum. What am I going to (laughs) do? Right? Or like Sabrina gets mad at like, you know, some girl in the school and she turns her into corn. And like, and she's she's like, ants, help me. And and then Salem has a snarky remark. Yeah, exactly. I like him. Green Acres also started in 89 on Nick at Night and ran until 92. A lot of people love Green Acres. I don't like it. I don't just adore Penthouse View. Now, isn't this part of the um, the whole like everything's farmers thing and like sixties? You know, you know. Talk about the rural purge of seventy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was when they got rid of all of them. That's what. Yeah, but there was like a ton of these shows. Oh, right. T- yeah, Petticoat Junction and yeah. all those, and Andy Griffith. And I wonder why that like took America by storm. I didn't live in the sixties, so I can't tell you. But <laughs> took them by dust storm. Yeah, uh, probably because it was it relatable to a lot of middle America. Yeah, but they were also like poking fun. At that part of the country, well, too. they were also poking fun at Beverly Hills too. That's you know true. what I mean, like Beverly Hillbillies, obviously. But like that's what TV was like in the sixties. Like, let's poke fun at a region of America. Still like that, Quinn? Yeah, I guess <laughs> what it you, is. What are you yeah. talking about? Does this scene from Green Acres make you nauseous? If so, Naked Night strongly urges you and your family to study this Get to Know Green Acres guide. Before we hit 1990, a new decade here, I think we have maybe reached the break point here. Okay. And what that means is we're going to take a break, folks. We want you again to write to us, tweet at us at AWM Podcast on Twitter. Let us know things. We have a great Facebook group with a lot of our old fans from our previous show, our Vantage Point. It's Acid Wash Memories on Facebook. You can join that group. Just have fun here. This is We're just looking to help you pass the day at work, mm-hmm. help you have a long drive, go faster, whatever the case, the gym, yeah. the new all, year, all people the in things, the gym, yeah. all the things. We're here for you, and we will be back here for you for Nick at Night in the 90s and beyond on the other side of this break with more Acid Wash Memories. all by yourself. I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. What would you do if your parents accidentally met you home alone? Well, how about shopping? Shaving? Crowbars up? This is my house. I have to defend it. And good old-fashioned crime fighting. Home Alone. Critics are calling it the funniest movie of 1990. Ready PG. Sneak preview Saturday night, 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. Check newspapers. Back home in Minnesota, Brandon Walsh got straight A's. But in the high-pressured world of Beverly Hills... You stole the test, didn't you? Being smart may not be enough. Everybody cheats. We're not gonna get caught. Welcome to Beverly Hills 90210 tonight. It's your future. In a recent survey of TV Land Towns, Hooterville ranked an exceptional 172nd overall. Coming in first in indigestion, 99th in recreation, and 214th in sanitation. Wipe your feet, friend. 
<laughs> Why don't you wipe yours? Because I don't own a pig farm. Hooterville. It's why Green Acres is the place to be every night on Nick at Night. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. And welcome back to Ask to Watch Memories here. We're talking about Nick at Night, our portal to the past. I'm Joe Morano. That's, of course, Michael Quinn. How you doing? Hiya. Hiya. This has been fun so far, hasn't yes, it? I, I love going through these old shows. It, it, you know what the funny thing is? A lot of them would, like, repeat in the 90s, so I didn't really miss most of this shit. Yeah, they ran them at least one time. I remember some of the names, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah 100%. So it, it's always fun. And, like, Nick at Night, it's just, it does hold a weird place in my heart, I'll have to admit. Well, that's like we were saying in the beginning here. There's some comfort, I think, for people born between maybe the... I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone, but maybe the early mid seventies to the yeah. early nineties. You know, there's a and span also, there. It does weirdly explain though. There was like a weird obsession that I'm realizing going through all this about like how like television producers were like, well, back in my day, like <laughs> you know, like it's like we're gonna show them, we're gonna put these shows on in prime time. It worked, man. Yeah, I still think it's like such a interesting idea. It's more interesting at the beginning is because the shows were actually really old. Like they weren't right. like from like four years ago. Yeah, right, like like they do like, now. Yeah, exactly. Literally. <laughs> so let us know your Nick and I memories, like we said, at AWM Podcast on Twitter. Join our Facebook group. It's a lot of fun there. Uh, let's pick it up, Quinn, as we look at the lineups that started in 1990, the shows that were added. No idea what this is. America 2 Night. What? Ran until 93. What's with the oh, two? Oh, okay. It is a continuation of another show that was known as Fernwood Tonight. Excuse me. Which also was 90 to 93 like, on Nick like at Night. a deep cut that only Nick at Night could get away with. I bet you there's people that know. So, okay. Martin Mull was actually the host and Fred Willard. Interesting. Now, that you obviously, those of you that like Roseanne would know that those two would be paired again as Leon and Scott. Yes. On Roseanne. That's very interesting. I, I, by the way, Martin Mull, big fan. Fred Willard, big fan. Mm-hmm. I like both of them. But anyway, so Firmwood Tonight and America Tonight are both in the same universe, and uh, they were basically it's a talk show parody. Recently, watching Laverne and Shirley, and I think it's Fred Willard was on it as like a thief or something. Probably, yeah. He was a busy man. In 1977, Fernwood Tonight debuted, and the critics went wild ahead of its time. They said, "Daring, outrageous." Let's just cut through all the flack here. Let's get right down to it and just kind of bring this thing out in the open. All right, it <clears throat> got canceled. Anyway, here's the point: if you miss it the first time, you get another chance. Because finally, Fernwood Tonight is back and Nick at Night's got it. Quinn, what do you know about the many loves of Dobie Gillis? Nothing. And it ran in our lifetime <laughs> yeah, till 93. What? I don't remember this <laughs> what, at all. What the hell is this show? For those of you that, you know... Might, hey, is that Gilligan I see? That is 100% Bob Denver in this yeah. show. Okay, so this was Bob Denver's show, but I guess he wasn't the main star. Dwayne Hickman was. Oh. Bob Denver went... <laughs> Was on this before Gilligan because this ran from fifty nine yeah, to sixty three. Bob Denver, everyone knows he's Gilligan. Okay, excuse me, I'm he's sorry, been I was Gilligan forever. To be polite, yeah, that's definitely on Nick and Knight later, right? Oh he, hell he's yeah, he's in the Nick and Knight canon, yeah, like, one in the Nick canon, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are. Oh come on, Alfred Hitchcock presents. This I remember. I liked it. I loved this I show. Me too. This show was. It was cool because they were like mini Hitchcock films every week. Yes, and he right? would. They would have some old footage of him in it. Right yeah, in the intro. Why I, I wrote this story and <laughs> I it, thought, look at my silhouette. And, and he'd say something sort of sinister at the end, and then there'd be like an outline of his face. Yeah, uh, yeah. you're one hundred percent. Yeah, that's right. Thank you for allowing me to come into your living rooms. That ran 
until New Year's Eve of 94. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely remember that one. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it. I, I actually kind of liked it. They kind of just stopped after 95 with this. This feels like something they could bring back all the time. It because, was like, good. You, they're like short enough that they're not as memorable. Right. So you can kind of like get away with it, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. It's it, a, it, I would love to see that again. I'm surprised it just hasn't never come back. It was a good show. I mean, it was originally from the 50s. It's yeah. not like Nick and Knight produced it. These are all acquired programs, by the way, folks. So, well, like we're aware of duh. that. Yeah. yeah. Just making sure people well, know didn't, that. Isn't there later like a Nick and Knight show that has like old characters, but it's new or something? Well, there's Nick and Knight had original programming. Yeah. Um, the most famous, I guess, infamous of which was Hi, Honey, I'm Home about the Nielsen that's family. That's the one. Yeah, that's, that's the one. That's the one I'm thinking that of. Was where the like early Herman 90s. Monsters in it and stuff. Yeah, it's it's like the, really weird. It was from the early 90s it's like yeah. a parody and a pastiche and all yeah. that um, we're not really going to talk about too much the original program but that was the biggest one yeah <laughs> um, 1991 so now I'm really into my like prime era yeah, I'm of definitely cognizance. starting to like yeah. watch it now and probably some of our fans too mm-hmm. Mr. Wizard's World was on now wait a second I loved this show this is this is a kid's show isn't it Mr. Wizard's World was a kid's show but see but it, is it, wasn't this on at like 3 yeah, in the morning or on, some shit it was like, on at the <laughs> Right before it rolled back over to Nickelodeon. I think it was on the 5 a.m. slot. I'm going to tell you something. Go ahead. I thought that this was part of the Nickelodeon programming because of it, A, when it was on, and B, the fact that it, like, basically was a kid's show. Right. So it was like, I was very confused. Here's the other thing. It's like, I swear the episodes they were showing for a little were like from the 80s or something. Well, yeah, let me me clarify this here. So the actual Mr. Wizard's World show was a Nickelodeon original, and it aired on regular Nickelodeon from 83 to 89 Ah. and then on the Nick at Night slot so they were 80s but just to give a quick shout out to Mr. Wizard oh you really like Mr. Wizard well I just want to be fair here I could barely be I was like I was like, "What's on?" To like, like I was like, "Well, if you're up at five and watching this, something's wrong." It's usually it's usually you were sick. I was gonna say you woke up like really sick (laughs) and you're like can't go back to bed and you're like scrounged up on the couch like feeling like shit. That that might be why wizards on. That might be why some people don't have positive memories of watching the show, you know, because you just got food poisoning or diarrhea or something. Because that's (laughs) like when you're a kid, you know, you get out of school, it's like it's like joyous, even though you're sick or whatever. Of course, but like if you're out of school. And you're sick, and you woke up at five. That is not a joyous moment. No, like, that it's is not. like, oh, this is really bad. Something's like, wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this but, isn't good. But to give Mister Wizard his due, because he had had a previous show, obviously, way before that in the fifties into the sixties, he was the template, the influence, and kind of the trendsetter for people like Bill Nye, the Science Guy, Beekman's World, another fun show from the nineties. Science 90s. shows, science shows, but making it fun for kids in a small way. Even a uh, Good yeah. Eats with Alton Brown was influenced by the show he did things that kids found cool and i liked it why would i be shaking up a bottle of plain water i'm not sure but you don't think it's plain water no because of all the the bubbles bubbles. in there and what's inside you know water and what um type of gas yeah carbon dioxide gas that's a good that's a good connection you made with bill nye because I, i really feel like bill nye essentially was a revival of this, this is right? a 90s version of it yeah. yeah 100% was and kids were already aware of the science concept because of Mr. Wizard right. and Beekman Bill Nye just slipped right in there and he did a good job taught uh, me about the universe and like exactly. things that blow up and stuff there you go uh, 1991 saw the debut on Nick at Night until 
New Year's Eve of 95 of a show that I actually really do like, mm-hmm. Dragnet. The show's fun. Now, it's the, pretty like mellow every time I turned it on, though I remember this. It's a gritty, mellow police procedural and drama. But here's the deal, just to be clear, in case we have any hardcore Dragnet fans out there. I'm sure we do. We probably do. Yeah. This is the second one. This is not the original black and white right. 50s one. This is the revival from 67 to 70. I know there's like that distinction that and people get like really I've they heard get this, very pissy I've about heard the this second sub, one. Some <laughs> like culture on the internet Dragnet about like a, you know Dragnet original or the, the <laughs> yeah, set, it's real. Like, you better fucking like the second one or like you you hey the first one's way fucking better yep. like and it's like they'll fight each other. It's real though. That's a I real thing. I wonder if there's like Dragnet conventions and shit. <laughs> In it was on long enough. It was on like 20 years or something like between it, the both iterations. It was like, right. And then there were you know films and revivals and yeah. shit. Uh, but I this, this is the second People one. Love that. It was a good show, yeah. man. It's a good show. Dry humor. It's all right. Yeah. I liked it. Dragnet. It's the comp classic to watch while you're doing time or anytime. Every night on Nick at Night. This one, though, I liked even more. Yes. Don Adams, Inspector Gadget himself, mm-hmm. the one and only Get Smart. Now, Get Smart, that's uh, more of like a comedy, right? It's like yeah. a parody of James Bond and, and Spy. Maybe Dragnet, too. And to an extent, I think shows like Dragnet. Yeah. Get Smart was on from 65 until 70. Who was the, in Get Smart, the, the like newer movie, wasn't it like... Um, Steve Carell. Steve Carell, but who was the girl? Uh, it was What's-Her-Head, who I don't like. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah, her. People just don't like her for no reason. She's a fine actress, and people just started hating her like well, ten years you ago. Know what the pro- you know it became what the, cool to do. You know what the problem is with Anne Hathaway? She never hurt anybody. Is that she started taking on roles that like embellished on the hateable personality? Oh, well. Like she she took a. I watched this recent Good thing actress. where she played the the wife of that fucking guy who owned WeWork, and she's like insufferable. But is she supposed to be? She is, but well, all, it's but good a, acting, isn't it? The worst part about it is, it's like how you imagine Anne Hathaway is, and I think that's like why the role just is way too on the nose. I think she's a nice lady, yeah. Uh, but Don Adams was tremendous in Get Smart, and his voice was already familiar to kids of our generation because of Inspector Gadget, which right. was rerunning all over TV. That's true. Who's the very best spy in TV land? We know who and why. Now all we have to do is find out where and when. Get Smart, weeknights at 9, 8 central on Nick at Night. I loved Get Smart because I legitimately found it funny. It had very funny sight gags and yeah, jokes. It was a good one. It was a very fun show. I had no idea Inspector Gadget was that old when I was watching it, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. I yeah, thought it was new. Yeah, I was like, oh, are these just like new cartoons? Because <laughs> right. it, it seemed like an endless supply. Right. Of, like, I didn't see this one. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's like a hundred of them. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You're right, though. Uh, but yeah, Get Smart had a long run, and rightfully so. So did uh, Mork and Mindy. Now, I remember this one being on all the time. Mork yep. and Mindy. 91 to 95. And I remember like... Like Robin Williams, thinking, obviously. Okay, so two things with this, right? Yep. It always fascinated me as a child that this was a spinoff of Happy Days, first of all, right? Yeah, because when you're watching uh, Nick and Knight as a kid, you have no connection. You, What do you Yes, know? but my parents would always say, oh, he was like in Richie's house or whatever that time. And like- Bork from Bork. I was like, really? I'm like, and, and then finally when like Nick and Knight started airing Happy Days, I finally got to see the episode. But like- oh, you I, did, yeah. yeah. and I was like- this is crazy. Also, that episode's fucking weird of happy with it, Mork. It's like in the middle of one of the normal seasons, so it's like it's not. It's like before Fonzie was doing dumb shit every week, like before he jumped the shark. Yeah, so uh-huh. it's it's like weird that 
<laughs> Mork is in just this random weirdo episode of Happy Days. Just being Mork. Just being they, very and Mork. And then he just goes away and you never see him again Good. in Happy Days. We'll use what Mindy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was on for several years and deservedly so. It was a popular show. The other one here, I actually did watch this one a lot. My grandfather and I watched this because, again, mm. ge- generationally, he this was, is not the Lois and Clark. No, Quinn. This is the Adventures of Superman. This was the one with George Reeves, not to be confused with Christopher Reeve, which is very interesting. Was that ever confusing to you as a kid? Yes. It's like very. I was like, yes. is he his son or something? Like, yes, it I, was confusing. Seriously, yeah, it's like, I <laughs> which don't get it. This? Crooks still haven't learned. Bullets can't harm Superman. I know it sounds incredible, but you must believe. See and believe Superman every night on Nick at Night. The Adventures of Superman, I'm sure most of you guys have seen it. It had a season or two in black and white, and then it was in color. Now uh, this, when they put this on, this was old as shit. This was legitimately like 40 years old, this right? show. Yeah, like this is one of the, <laughs> this is one of the rare shows, because like this seemed old even for Nick at Night to yeah. be putting on, right? Because I mean, like Dragnet, late 60s, right? Yeah. Mork and Mindy, 70s. This seemed like a reach. This is a old show. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, I, I knew who Superman was as a kid. I didn't mind I it. I knew who Superman was. Well, that's the whole point of it being on. My grandfather, who was born in 26, mm-hmm. so he was actually in his 20s when that show started, believe it or not. You know what's gotta not. be fucking cool about being from the, being born in the 20s and shit? The great like, generation, greatest Superman generation? Superman was, like, new. <laughs> like, you got to see, like, the when you saw the origin story of Superman, you were seeing, like, the actual, <laughs> like, it play out in front of you on, like, the newspapers You're and right. stuff. Like, right. And, like, you knew all the shit about Superman because he was just, like, this new character and everyone was following him, right? Kind of like when the Turtles right. were for us, right? Exactly. And yeah, then they the have Turtles to, and but, the Power Rangers. But then and... in every successive Turtle thing, they got to re-explain, like, where the fuck they came from. And like, I know this already, right? Now, like, your grandfather probably felt like that whenever they like yep. retell Superman. He's like, I know this shit. Like, give me more. He was. Gr- yeah. I want new Superman stuff. He right? loved it. Yeah. He, he also liked the '93 Lois and Clark. It was he good. Did. He was very big on that show. It was excellent. I, I don't care. One and day I did go. Well, I did go back and watch. What's it's hideous now. No, it's not a good show it now. Like, really in bad. quality, but yeah. I, I loved it. Right in, folks. This next show, yes, is another one that I wouldn't have seen if it wasn't for Nick and Knight. It yeah. was on from '91 on Nick and Knight. I mean, until. June of 2000, a very long run. And I got to tell you, good classic show, the I Dick Van watch, Dyke show. Watch this show a ton. Dick Van Dyke is good TV guaranteed. You didn't say it in the style it was written. Dick Van Dyke is good TV guaranteed on Nick at Night. You know what's funny? You were the one that tuned me into this because I never noticed it when I watched it, but <laughs> the, how he would like in. sometimes not trip over it <laughs> or whatever. On purpose, yeah. But like, you know what's funny about that is like, that was like another Mandela effect thing for me. I think it is. Where for a I lot was of like, people. I kind of didn't believe you. I was like, what? No, it's always the same. He comes in the door and he like trips over it or whatever. Sometimes he doesn't. And some, but and you're like, no, he doesn't. Sometimes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Sometimes. It's just they just pre-tape it once and he just they always play it. What he do you doesn't mean? always trip. But like, it's from that time too where. I wouldn't put it past them that they recorded the opening every week. No, it wasn't live, but. They had a few different openings. Did you know, Quinn, there's also an alternate third one? What happens instead of not tripping over? He avoids the ottoman, but then he trips on the rug. Ah, (laughs) that makes sense. (laughs) But Dick Van Dyke, folks, was the first that I know of meta show where he was like a writer 
yeah. of a sitcom. Like, this is Carl Reiner. You, you guys know the show, I'm sure. What's, what, Very popular. You know what really got me about this show, which really confused the shit out of me yeah. as a kid? Oh. Is that his wife is Mary, Ma- Tyler, Mary Tyler Moore. Moore. But I thought, as a kid, I was like, did his wife divorce him and like move to like fucking Milwaukee or wherever she is? Like, a lot of people thought or that. Or well, where does she live? Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Minneapolis. The Twin Cities, that's it. <laughs> yes, the Twin Cities. That's what I'm thinking of. And the last debut for 91 was October 5th and it ran until September 95. What the I, fuck is this? I, <laughs> never heard of this. I have no recollection of F Troop. Okay. So it was apparently a um a Western. Oh, that's why I didn't watch yeah, it. I didn't I wasn't into that. Yeah. Now there were only moving on. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There were only two debuts on Nick at Night in nineteen ninety two, but holy These are, shit. They're biggies. They're doozies. Yeah. So first of all one of them's jank though. Again, I'm gonna be fair to this show because it's one of the it's much like Shemp Howard. It's one <laughs> of the things that gets unfairly compared to what came before it. The Lucy show. Now I'm not saying for those of you now, younger this is, fans. Now, I just want to establish something. Is this the one where Lucy and Ethel are like really old and it's like weird? They're not really old, no. You know, they're like they're like in their 40s, early 50s. They're like in their 50s, yes. Yeah. Two single women living on the edge. Lucy, Vivian, together on Nick at Night. Okay, so the Lucy show aired from 62 to 68. Now, so, this was some kind of thing after she broke up with Desi. We're in gonna, real life, We're going to yeah. fucking do it ourselves, like right? right? Like, me and Ethel, we're just going to do it. So, like, she wanted to do it. Yes, me and <laughs> Ethel. She wanted to do another sitcom because she liked doing sitcoms, and she asked Vivian Vance, who played Ethel, to do it with her, and Vivian Vance said, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be called Ethel. And Wait, I get th- what? Yeah, she's not Ethel. I had no clue. She's I just Viv. thought they were Lucy and Ethel. No, no, like, she's Viv. It's like not even the same as show. a viewer of the show, I didn't even oh, like. No. It didn't even click with me See, that she wasn't Ethel. Good thing. I I'm, thought her like I thought like Fred died since he was like a hundred. He died in real life like, soon after her this. Her and but... Desi were like broken up. No, like, I thought that was the. I thought this was the premise. Well, it's so a I'm good not even thing kidding. I'm doing the history yeah, lesson yeah. here. No, she's Lucy Carmichael on this one, not Lucy Ricardo. And Vivian Vance plays Vivian Bunsen. Who? So they're not stop now. Is Little Ricky somehow in this show no, or something? No, he's not like, in it. There's uh, no Ricky. This uh, is not the same yeah, show. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're kid, like, in real life. This sh- No, he's not. Desi Arnaz Jr., yes, he might be. No, he's in the next one, isn't he? He's there, in the... There's, like, another thing there's they're, like... There's Here's Lucy in the 70s, <laughs> and then there's also can Life just, with Lucy in the 80s. Can I just 80s. say, I, I feel like the Lucy canon almost needs its own, like, fucking episode devoted okay. to it, because it's so... Conf- it was confusing to me I'll, as somebody who watched all this shit, I'll right? do it one day. Like, I'm telling you right now, where I thought Vivian Vance was just fucking Ethel. Well, let me just say this. (laughs) Although it is definitely no I Love Lucy, because you need Desi Arnaz there, you need Fred there, you need those guys. They did do all the fun bits, though, where they They get in trouble. They did the comedy bits, yeah. yeah. It was really a vehicle for Lucy and and Vivian Vance to just do more of their comedy, but I was never happy to see it on as a kid. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, it always like, felt like, where's I Love Lucy? Right, like, that's just, the first question right. you ask. That's, it doesn't help that like the logo's the script or whatever, so and you're like, come on, man. It's missing the I Love, and then you know. Yeah. You know you stumbled on garbage. Like <laughs> Quinn doesn't like it. Yeah. It's okay. I don't like it either. But the next show. They hyped the piss out of this. I mean, in 92, right? Yep, Let, let's set the 92. stage here, right? We're talking about Mary Tyler Moore show here, right? In 1992, Mary Tyler Moore hadn't been on the air for, what, 15, 15 years. years or something? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it had like a fucking mystique. Like even I knew about it before they put it on Nick at Night. Like 
everyone my was like, my mom loved it. It was people would. It was like talked about like it was one of the greatest shows ever on TV. And if you were a kid in the '90s, you didn't get to see it. It just was like this legend, yeah, right? Like right. it was like this legendary fucking thing. It was like a big deal when it came to Nick at night. They're like they're playing Mary Tyler Moore show. <laughs> right, yeah. And I fell in love with it. It was great. The Mary Tyler Moore show has arrived. It's beginning to feel like home already. Watch her and the rest of the gang. Weeknights at 9, 8 central on Nick at Night. Great show. I mean, who can turn a world on with a smile? You yeah. know, and it's seriously. But, you know, the misadventures of reporter Mary Richards uh, working in the newsroom For with Lou all Grant. Lou Grant and, <laughs> you know, and all spinoff and fucking um, the lady from... Uh, Rhoda. Golden Girls. Oh, Betty White, of And Rhoda yeah. was her friend. Rhoda and then Rhoda her got her own show. And Ted Knight was on. Yeah. And Gavin McClud. Yes. Uh, but seriously, Mary Tyler Everyone Moore got show. their own fucking Everyone. show. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people got shows off of this. Yeah. Very popular sitcom and uh, a well-deserved eight-year run on Naked yeah. Night. It was so successful that it literally spawned its own production company that made like New Heart and all this other bullshit. Yes, good point, It's Quinn. It's a legendary show. It it's what? in the pantheon with like I Love Lucy and all that oh, stuff. Oh, it is. It's like, one of yeah. the all-time sitcoms. Yeah. 100%. So only two uh, Nick at Night major debuts that we're covering. I'm not saying at all. This is just what we're covering, folks. There was mm-hmm. other stuff. In 1993, The Partridge Family. Right. Which was only on for a year. And then- I remember this, though. A single mother of five, a psychedelic bus, and a dream of rock and roll superstardom. Sort of far out, but it just might work. The Partridge Family is classic TV. Every weeknight at 8, 7 central on Nick at Night. I remember thinking it was going to be better than it was, yeah. and it didn't really live up to my expectations as a Nick at Night viewer. This was my mom's, our, I guess our parents, both of us, when their generation, a late right. 60s, early 70s but show. But I was expecting, you know what I was expecting as a viewer? Something at the level of the Brady Bunch, but they That's were like- a high level at all. Yeah, but at least the Brady Bunch I liked, I enjoyed watching yeah, it. Yeah, I guess this, I did too. I was like- this just feels like a jank version of the Brady Bunch. Well, it kind of was, right? Yeah, I like mean, it's like not as good. Although, wasn't it first? It might have been. But the it Brady Bunch, did, they had they formed their own band too, and they were fine. Well, I always thought the Bradys were ripping off the Partridge Family with it their. It didn't band. matter though because they were the fucking Brady Bunch. They didn't. They could easily like eclipse the Partridge Family. They did eclipse them yeah. in all aspects. I think they were even doing concerts in real life. They were so damn good. Well, so were the Partridges, yeah. weren't they? David Cassidy. Greg is sh- way too old and shit. Like, <laughs> not the mustache though, right? Remember the mustache era? Remember when they like come back later in like in the eighties or whatever? Greg looks like he's fifty. <laughs> like, and you're like, what the fuck the, happened? The like, Christmas movie, you mean? Yeah, like, very Brady Christmas. Yeah. yeah. He looks, like, he looks like his dad. Like they're the same age or something. It's very sad. Yeah. And then another one, and another all-time sitcom, The Bob Newhart now, Show. This that was his first one. Okay. See, what upset me about this, this was the point in time as a kid where I started hearing like stories about like I would watch specials or like the greatest endings to TV shows, right? I remember watching a chunk of this The Bob Newhart Show, the right? The first one, yeah. Expecting to see oh. the episode with the ending where That's- he wakes up, but it's The Bob Newhart Show is like... Uh, like it, the Newhart show is a dream, and he just wakes up back in, in Bob, Bob Newhart, Newhart show. Yeah, that's that's from like 1990, isn't it? <laughs> When's Newhart? Newhart's like that. The last it, one's in 90. It ends in 90. But like people would, t- I, I saw you know television specials, the best finales or whatever at this point in time, and I remember thinking like, oh, is it because the the names are so similar? I got so confused, and I remember watching it and then learning somewhere else that that wasn't the show, and I was like, fuck Bob Newhart show. <laughs> like, I was like upset at it for okay. that. 
Are you emotionless, expressionless, repressed? Then put that talent to work and enroll in the Bob Newhart School of Deadpan Comedy. Observe. What do you think, Bob? No expression. No emotion. Groovy. Comic genius. My grandparents, by the way, after that finale happened, I remember them talking. I was so young. I didn't know what was going yeah, on. But they were there like, was buzz about <laughs> yeah. That is a great ending. It's an all-time ending. That's a fantastic fucking it ending. It is. If like, you don't know what we're talking about, folks, it is... I'll just lay it out. Well, so, first of all, there's the Bob Newhart show, and then there's Newhart. The Bob Newhart show was like 72 to 78. Uh, Newhart was 80, early 80s to 90. Yeah. but And they're totally unrelated other than the star of the show is Bob Newhart himself, right? Right. Totally different show other than different that. Different people, yep. like different location. Yep. Everything's different. Right? At the end of Newhart in 1990. He like he, goes to bed. He wakes up. Yeah. And in his original Newhart, Bob Newhart bedroom right. set with his original actress that played his wife. The best part is that you don't know it's his wife at first. At first. He, he wakes up and, and the crowd's laughing because the set's the same. Yeah, they think that's They cool. don't know who's under the blanket. Yes. And then, because you think he's going to turn over and it's his wife from the show. But it's his yep. wife from Newhart. Yep. Or, or Bob, Bob, the Newhart Bob Newhart show. show. And then, like, literally the live studio audience is, like, losing their fucking shit. Like, it's amazing. It's a it, great ending. You won't believe the dream I just had. Mm. <laughs> but don't you want to hear about it? That is fucking brilliant. I believe so. Yeah. 1994, there's a few to go through here. Okay, here's another big in. This is a juggernaut. I love Lucy. Yeah, we finally itself. got real Lucy. Real Lucy. Yeah. I remember that being a big deal. Oh, my God. And that ran I until September of 01. I must have watched 7,000 fucking episodes of I Love it's Lucy on Nick and Night. Great I, I think show. I, there was a point in my life where I just always turned this shit on. Well, remember when they had like block party summer? Yeah. Lucy had one of the days. That's, I forget which day, but she did. Yeah, we we didn't even talk about that. How Nick at night oh, yeah. there was like these weird periods where it played like a, m longer than usual or something. Well, like, in the summer they would do a block of the shows each night of the week. So mm -hmm. there was Bewitched Be Wednesdays. Remember that? Right. I think there was I Dream of Genie Thursday. I can't remember. But, but I remember practically watching like an entire season of Lucy in one night, and I just didn't go to bed because <laughs> it was the middle of the fucking summer. It's so I just, I think I just watched it until the fucking sun came up. Monster Mondays, Lucy Tuesdays, Bewitched Be Wednesdays, Genie Thursdays, and Cotter Fridays. Can I tell you though, I, maybe about a year ago, not even, I rewatched the first like maybe three seasons of it's it. It's such a good show. It is really a good show. Mm -hmm. It truly is a great show, and it deserved to be on The only thing that got me about I Love Lucy since we can talk about it for here i always found like the timing of stuff and how they would air things was very confusing like for example i never could understand how they get from that point for like they're you know they're in new york and they're in their usual hijinks and then suddenly they're like in europe for like six episodes in a row it's or like some a whole shit. part of the season yeah yeah it's like it's like very like and i'd, I'd be like how many like episodes are they here for? They're there like, a it's lot. just like ridiculous. They have the California arc and then they have the Europe yeah. arc. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then they have the farmhouse season yeah. in Connecticut. Like I Love Lucy did all this wacky shit because they just could because it was so successful, it's probably like the first like breakout hit on television, right? Where it, it was is. like it was to the point where it was like it was the show. 
that people like people bought TVs to see I Love Lucy. Yes, like it sold television. Yes, fifty one it started. That was yeah. when the Golden Age. It's just like a started. fucking legend. It is a great show. Yeah, uh, I Dream of Genie also started in ninety four and mm-hmm. ran until ninety seven. And we talked about it a little bit. It's I the, love this show. The cousin of Bewitched in a way. This uh, is another show that because it involves space. I, and I was unaware of like the history, the fact that I lived in the '90s. So, okay, as a '90s kid, right? You think, oh, we're living at the height of technology. I can play CDs in my hand yeah, and shit, CD. right? The fact that Major Healy is like an astronaut. I just figured this show was f- like contemporary or some shit. Yeah, I didn't not notice n- how old it was. It not, was in color. Yeah, it was in color. Also, not understanding, we went to the fucking moon like 30 years ago yeah. and shit. Don't you wish you could have your very own genie? You could live a life of leisure. Travel to exotic places. And life would be one big party. Hey, wake up. Hey, man, don't spoil my trip, baby. Well, your wish is our command. I Dream of Genie has splashed down on the home of classic TV. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it's a hokey show. Let's be yeah. honest. This but Genie Witched was so lovable. Like, yes, of course. And I love that it leads into like should be they 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 get married and have like a real yeah. baby and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, it's like a real like family now and stuff. It's not it started getting like less goofy. It did. I mean the, the, laugh, the laugh track never went away though. That yeah, annoying but it, it ass started 60s being, laugh track. It just started being more of like this family ra- like this family raising their child. Like But she's a genie also. Yeah. Uh the Lucy Desi comedy hour also had a stretch from ninety four to two thousand. I'm sure Quinn never. wants to know what this is. I, I've seen it. I didn't like it. This was the spinoff of I Love Lucy, where it's still Ricky Ricardo and Lucy Ricardo. Are they divorced by this point or not? Because I know no, they still work together. They're together in real life. Okay. I mean, they're towards the end. Do you love Lucy, Ricky, and the Mertzes? Well, now Nick at Night is bringing you the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. These 13 seldom seen I Love Lucy specials can now be seen here on the home of Classic TV. This was occasional specials. There were only 13 of them. And they ran from 57 till 60. Yep. So these are not I Love Lucy, but it's the same characters. Lucy Desi. Lucy Desi Empire here. Basically. Yeah. The main thrust here is that there would be like guest stars in some of these. Like Fred and Ethel are in it, but they're not that big a deal. Question. Am I like... Like Red Skelton, for example. Am I confusing two things? What? Is there an episode of I Love Lucy where like Groucho Marx or something is on? Or Harpo Harpo. Marx? And then like, but is that Lucy? I would always be confused with that episode because I was like, is this Lucy Desi Kami Hour or... Is this I Love Lucy? Well, the one that I know of that I think you're talking about. She's like about at a pool or something? Is the one in California where they do the, the duck soup mirror routine with each other, right? Okay. so That's Harpo. I, yeah. Every time I would see that. That's I Love Lucy. I was like, am, am, is this, because they were also on at the same time. Yeah. Making, and I was like very confused. That's I Love Lucy, the okay. one with Harpo. Uh, and then also another one, popular program. Now here's where we taxi. get, this is the first one on this list where we're starting to head into like, we're not too far away. You know well, what I'm we're saying? in the 80s. I mean, Taxi yeah. was 78 to 82. Exactly. So, like, we're getting a little bit closer. And Taxi's a good program. I didn't mm-hmm. watch a ton of it, but it's a good show. I liked show. it. I enjoyed it. Well yep. regarded. Another one, I didn't watch a ton. Familiar with it. It was only on for a year. Now we're in 95, folks. Uh, May 95 to May 96. Welcome back, Cotter. I didn't watch much of it, to be quite honest with you. I didn't watch a lot of it. Yeah, some shows, there was, like, such a thing as the Nick at Night Death Slots, where oh, it would yeah. be like, oh, it's on at, like, 2 in the morning or something. Yeah, 100% yeah, there was. Like, also debuting 95 until August of 02, the Monsters. Absolutely, positively love this shit. Tremendous program. Oh my God. This show is great. It's a great show. It's so funny. <laughs> and they're so nice. I that, know. That's what always bugged me. The longer I watch it, I'd be like, 
why is everyone such a dick to them? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're always like, like somebody's car breaks down, like Herman, Herman tries to help. Helps, yeah. yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is bullshit. It's like, <laughs> he's literally like putting your car back together and like, they're like, fuck that guy. Like, and they all run away like in fast motion or whatever. He's a very nice man. Yeah. Herman Munster. And it's, a, I love the Munsters. I like it better than the Adams Family Show from the 60s. Way better than the Adams Show. Yeah. I agree with you. I think the performances are better. It, they were competing shows. They weren't, you know, night, mm-hmm. they were rival shows. I like the Munsters. Folks, are you on Team Adams Family or Team Munsters? Let us know at AWM Podcast on the Twitter. I guess I do have a certain touch. Watch the Monster Runners Racing Nightly on Nick at Night. 1996. Now, here's where we get to... This is some Mary Tyler Moore Empire shit right here. There is. Now, let me ask you, first of all, January 20th, 96, is this what you meant by, like, Lassie's sister show? Yes. Flipper. Flipper. The aquatic version. Now, I liked it. (laughs) It I fucking loved it. Now, Flipper, Flipper, Flipper. I swear that this shit... For years, it was on in the mornings and not like, and then they moved it to Nick at Night. You like, know what it is, Quinn? We're probably, it probably ran on one of our local stations in syndicate, like PIX or Channel 9 or something. Mm. Because I remember watching Flipper before I went to school. Yeah. Well, because I'm looking at the date here, right? January to April of 96, and that was it. I definitely watched it before 96. And I definitely like watched like fucking every episode of this shit. Yeah. So like I, to the point where it was like repeating again. And I was like, I saw this one. <laughs> like, but if you've never seen Flipper, I don't know where you've been. It's, it's basically, basically Lassie, but with a dolphin. Like that, <laughs> it's, it's the same fucking show. Same fucking show. Now, did you ever watch this? Uh, for two years, it was on Nick and I, May of 96 to March of 98, the Betty White show. Now, question. Is this is she supposed to be connected to her character on no. Mary Tyler Moore in this, or is she just Betty White? She's just Betty... Well, she's not just Betty White. She's Joyce Whitman. Sorry. But she's has the show, clearly because of Mary Tyler Moore because it started right after Mary Tyler Moore ended in 77. So it's kind of like, oh, well, Betty White needs something to do and it was on for like four months. Betty White's a national treasure. I know. You know what I mean? Like, why would they not give Give, her a show? Give her a show. That's right, Michael. You stand up for Betty White. She was Rose Nyland, you know. By the time I got to high school, the kids had made up this really mean nickname for me just because I had hairy legs. What'd they call you? Rose with the hairy legs. Rhoda, another Maritime Moore spinoff. Love it. Fucking love it. You more than me, yes. Okay, I will, let me explain something to you about Rhoda. Who's Rhoda for the fans? Rhoda is, Rhoda Morgenstein, she's, (laughs) she's, Mary Tyler Moore's friend. Yes, from Mary Mary Tyler Moore's show. And she's like in the first season Mm -hmm. and they're like, I don't know, I forget if they like live together or not. They're, if they're roommates or what. I don't remember that. Or they're like across the hall from each other, some shit like that. that. Anyway, Rhoda like, she kind of really stood out in the first season of Mary Tyler Moore, right? She was like actually like really funny and Good stuff. Good old Valerie Harper. Right? And so Rhoda, like they actually write into the storyline, hey, Rhoda's moving, Rhoda's from New York. She was just like here or whatever. Yeah, She's moving back, back home. Back to New York. So they start up Rhoda, right? I know you want to tell this. This show <laughs> fucking rules in the first season. So what it's about Right, is Rhoda comes back to New York and she's doing New York things. Yep, and she meets a guy. Yes, and they fall in love, and it's actually like a great story. And like they kind of step through the romance in the first year, Mm -hmm. and they kind of decide at the end of the first season to get married or whatever. That's correct, right? I I don't know if I have my season timing right here. So essentially, what happens? They get married, and then within the second season, they realize this was a fucking horrible mistake that we got married. Yeah. And they do like a fucking television divorce, like for realsies. Starting in season three. And apparently this shit 
pissed a lot of people off. Like, people were, like, writing in, like, you can't do this to Rhoda. Like, this is fucked up. Yep. Like, they have to get back together. And they didn't. They didn't. And then by the third season of Rhoda, the show is, like, super fucking different. Yeah, it and is. And the season, and, the, like, the everything tanked, and, like, the ratings. But, like, I actually enjoy the, like, gritty late 70s Rhoda a lot. Yeah, it was because, until 78. Because it's kind of, like, it really is emblematic of its time past a certain point. It, like, really is a nice snapshot of New York City in the late 70s. Yeah, like, as the nice sights as you and, can get. <laughs> the sights and sounds and, like, the motifs of the apartments and all that horse shit. And I, I, I don't know, I just... I think this show has a fucking vibe and I like it. I like it not as much as you do. It also has, this is kind of interesting, two pretty notable voice actors. Uh, Julie Kavner, who you might know as the voice of Marge Simpson. Ah. She was on this as Brenda. Yeah, the customers vote in each branch and then the winners compete to become the first security bank girl. And Lorenzo Music as Carlton the Doorman. Ah, yes. You might know as the voice of Garfield. Uh, this is Carlton, your doorman. Yes, Carlton, what? I'm not accusing you of anything, but you were uh, just down in the laundry room? Yes. Well, I'm not accusing you of anything, but I put something of mine in the laundry basket down there, and the something and the basket are both missing. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. The friends. You're right. So, um... Oh, yeah, that. that was absolutely fucking him. You're right. It's Garfield. Oh, my God, I totally forgot There's about that. There's yeah. only one Lorenzo music. Oh, yeah, no. He <laughs> sound, it, it's weird. It, it's like Garfield's Garf- like her fucking doorman. It, it is odd. It's Carlton, your doorman. And no one can do that impression. Was he, did he not? He was definitely not in the first season, right? Oh, I don't know when he, but he was. Because I remember what, what would happen is Rhoda would like her buzzer. You'd hear him over the, the buzzer. You'd never the really like, yeah. see him. You'd never see him. Yeah. No. Another Mary Tyler Moore spinoff, which also made its Nick at Night debut in 96, is Phyllis. Now, see, I'm not a fan of Phyllis. Cloris Leachman, of course. I, did, I didn't. I was like, I always thought it was weird that this old lady, like, was like, especially her name, Cloris Leachman. It's like, what the fuck? I, I don't know. Phyllis was just not my jam. Moving on. The Odd Couple had Love a couple of years. Show. Good show. You now, can't beat The Odd Couple. Were you based confused on Neil as Simon. a kid if... Were these guys on that jury in that 12 Angry Men movie? (laughs) And then they like met and like... But Jack Klugman wasn't in that, was he? I know. I don't know why. You're thinking of Jack Lemmon. You're thinking of Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. This is why my brain like always connected the two in my head. But wait a minute. Jack Lemmon is not in the original 12 Angry Men. I think it's totally unrelated. I just don't know why. Yeah, Jack Lemmon's in the 90s 12 Angry Men, not the original. Or maybe it's because the grumpy old men is also connected to it, so I just something in my head clicked. The, like, 12 Angry Men, <laughs> two grumpy men, fucking odd couple, and it's all intertwined in my head. I got you. So we have a few more years to go here. Um, let's finish up 96 with Happy Days. You got it, right? Because this, yeah. is, this is another canon of <sighs> shows that I is know. all intertwined right four years yeah yeah i love happy days i do not like happy days don't like it i don't even like fonz but i like happy days (laughs) i have nothing against fonzie unless he's at a wrestling event but yeah i am just i don't know just something about the show always rubbed me the wrong way chachi and all these people (laughs) don't bring up chachi quinn like he was he was in charge Nick at Night, bringing the 70s classic about the 50s to the 90s. I beg your pardon? It's simple. Happy Days are here again. Can we go to 97 now? We don't need to talk about Happy Days at length right now. This was a... This was like... I was like... I I think I was like clapping like that scene from fucking um, Citizen Kane. Like... (laughs) 
thank the Lord. This season was like celebratory, actually, 1997, because the second show is awesome, too. What Orson Welles over here is talking about is New Hearts. Yes. Uh, which had a three-year run from 97 till 2000. The one with the finale ending. The one with the yeah. actual good ending. Remember when we were talking about that? That one. Remember, like, feverishly watching the summer block of this? Like, it's like, are they going to play the one? The, the when, hot, when he wakes up or whatever. Summer for you, huh? Yeah. 97. Uh, also, one of my personal favorite shows. I don't want to talk too much about it because... One day we got to do a full episode. Yeah. But you and I both agree, Quinn, the Wonder Years okay. and all-timer. I'll say this, though. Now we're really getting into the recent territory because this show ended in, like, 93 or something. Yeah. Like, And it's, like, on this shit in 97. It's only four years old, yes. Because I was like, wait a sec. I feel like I just saw the finale <laughs> yeah. of this. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, That's a great point, actually. Yeah. It was only four years old at that point. I felt point. like the show was spoiled for me because I, like, remember watching, and my dad was dead and, like, all this, like, at the end. And then we, me and Wayne started a carpentry shop or something. <laughs> you know, like, the whole, like, epilogue. I'm not even going to correct you on yeah. some of that. Uh, 1998 saw the Brady Bunch come to Nick and Knight, but now they had Fantastic. also been, had also been there briefly in 95, but they're, yeah. they're running or no, the big Brady Bunch is not a good show. It's lovely. Ah, I watch it. See, I remember the Brady show, Bunch man. though mo- being mostly on the weekends during the day. Good, that's where it should be. Yeah, no one's watching TV on Nick on Nickelodeon though. <laughs> okay. Anyway, here's another fucking awesome show. A uh, Happy Days spinoff, is it not? <laughs> yeah, Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. Schmiel, Schmazel, Hasselbeck Incorporated. Yep. Whatever. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schmazel, Hasselbeck Incorporated. I liked it. Not a huge, huge fan, but I liked it. Isn't it? It's a fun show. It's a fun show. It's not like anything to be taken seriously. It's just goofing around. No, it's just a. It's a comedy show. Physical humor. They always yeah. get somebody swinging from a fucking chandelier or some yeah. crazy <laughs> shit. Like they put too much soap in the fucking dish detergent. Exactly. Yeah, it's like Michael. that kind of crap. It's the Lucy show. Yeah. It's but it, with two young girls, right? Yes, much younger. Yeah. Uh, All in the family got a six-year run from ninety-eight this, to 04. To me, for a while, was the fucking. Premier Nick at Night. I to watch Nick at Night when you were 14. The fucking show. Yes. Because I never got to really see it until 1998, right? Right. And this shit came on, and I was like, damn, like Archie Bunker, this is like South Park. Holy shit. Like he just says whatever the hell. It was a crazy show if you're a uh, young teen or maybe even a mid teen in the late 90s, early 2000s. I I remember asking my parents, I was like, this was really on TV? Like, I was like, this is unbelievable. Those were the days when girls were girls, men were men, and Rob Reiner was a meathead. Stay tuned for All in the Family, next on Nick at Night. But we'll talk about that more one day, I'm sure. 1999, another two uh, pair of shows that I really like, both of them. Um... Not as much as All in the Family, uh, but the spinoff, The Jeffersons. Love The Jeffersons. Great show. Now this, interestingly enough, the second show, WKRP in Cincinnati. It's a good program. Great show, but I didn't like the shows. I I like the theme song. WKRP in Cincinnati. Sorry, Andrew Rogers. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic uh, jingle. But yeah. I, I probably turned it off usually after that. <laughs> it's like, a good show, yeah. man. It was a good show. I'd just be like dancing to the song or whatever and just shut it off. In the year 2000, we there have we the Beverly Hillbillies could care less. Couldn't, I liked it. It was fun. care less. Fun show. Yeah. So Gilligan's Island, Quinn, was 2000, 2001. I can't believe so. it was that late. I felt like this was on in the 90s. We must have seen it in syndication. Yeah. 
Because I definitely watched it in the 90s. I felt like I had seen every episode by the time yeah. it was on Nick at Night. I never got off the fucking island either for most yeah, of it. I swore there was like some secret shit where they got off like on a TV movie or something. Isn't that the last episode they get off? No, there's a movie, a TV movie from like 10 years later. There's some weird shit happening. How the fuck do you have a professor with you and he doesn't devise a way to like get them off? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like, oh, ridiculous. Also, why does everyone have an entire wardrobe just with them other than Gilligan and the Skipper? Like, you ever notice that? We could spend an hour talking about the plot holes and inconsistencies in Gilligan's Island. <laughs> the house, just have like an entire house practically. The rich. But it's, but it's outside. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like fucking weird. <laughs> uh, the Andy Griffith Show, another one, which I know I watch a ton of, so it definitely... Yeah. I don't mean to watch I didn't it. I just love was this. On. I just didn't like it. I feel like it was on PHL 17, like not even yeah, PIX. Pro- you know yeah, it's it's like, I feel like anyone got the right Sandy Griffith. It's on fucking everything. Yeah, and you know what? It also is not very good. Well, I, don't I don't care don't... what anyone says. <laughs> Screw Aunt May and all this. Like, what I don't... about Don Knotts? What about Barney Fife? Oh, get out of here. Do not he's better, he he's better. the name of Don Knotts. He's better in Three's Company. Not as good as the Ropers. Hmm. Oh, are you a you're a Furley fanatic? I like him in threes. Uh, that's what I remember him from mostly. Well, me too. But yeah. I saw that anyway. We don't need to talk too much about Andy. Speaking of uh, threes company, yeah, also also <laughs> have to play both of them, right? Yes, you got to see what happened. The officer. What happened to Barney Fife? Barney yeah. Fife after he became he, a landlord. He became a landlord <laughs> and like a seat of being looking seedy and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love his wardrobe. Yeah. Uh, threes company. I have a sentimental, I'm not going to lie. I have a sentimental spot for this because when my dad uh, used to watch his reruns and his easy chair, mm-hmm. I would sit next to him when I was my son's at like five. Yeah. And this was one of them. Love this Along show. with Night Court and all yeah. those. And I love the intro because sometimes he falls off the bike in one of the intros. Sometimes. You know, like there's, they're at the theme park, the zoo. Like yeah. there's all different intros. I loved the apartment. And then they kicked off the mom from Step by Step yes, at some point. She went and got married to Frank. Frank Lever from Dallas, of yeah. course. Uh, but no, I like Three's Company. retired from screwing people over in Dallas. Yeah. But Three's Company is good if you don't want anything to ever be serious because yeah. nothing is serious. Nothing fucking matters on nothing, that show. It's a cartoon. Yeah, it's insane. It's a it also feels like the writers were literally sniffing cocaine as oh, they were writing the probably. show. Probably. It's mainly the 80s, right? Yeah. 70s, 80s. Yeah. But it's a great show if you just want to laugh for a half hour. Yeah. I, I love it. Now, 2001, there's an incredible pickup here. Now, only for a few weeks, but... Yeah, they, but incredible pickup. That's why I left it on the list for you. Alf. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, which theme song is the best one? Uh, third season okay. is where it's, it gets good with the sax. Yes. It's and, amazing. And that's in one of our pilot episodes, the uh, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of sitcom themes. I love Alf because it's meta as fuck. Alf just will like talk to the camera or whatever he does. Like, yeah, he, hi, oh, oh, yeah. look at that guy. The other thing oh. that I love about Alf is how just very like unexplained he is. It's just like it's an alien life form. Yeah, then. but you're just supposed to respect that shit because he's a Muppet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're just supposed to be like, this is plausible. Don't get into any trouble. Don't worry about Willie. I'll keep an eye on him. <laughs> I was talking to you. I know. I was being playful. This yeah. next one was, speaking I, of things that are only four years old. Now, okay, but the timing is good here because he, this is the first point when I was like, wait, they're playing stuff when I was a kid because yeah. now I'm, remember, you're, we're like in high school we're at this 15. point. We're 15. Yeah. By this point, this is 2001, hanging with Mr. Cooper. 
this I love that show back in the day. Oh, it was a good show. It was part of TGI. Really TGIS. underrated show, actually. And how his bedroom was in that weird sunroom. How <laughs> you always it was very bothersome. Well, he's, he's good in the show. It's a good show. It's a and good I always show. wanted him to get together with Vanessa. Vanessa, of course. And I was like, why wouldn't? He? Didn't they? They did at the end. It took like the entire show though, and they didn't really start the romance until like the last season. It was like way too late. Yeah, and then there was like, like half a season. Wasn't there like four? They episodes? barely like yeah. were together by the time they were together. Yeah, it's like bad. it was like very annoying because there was a whole interruption of like his cousin in moving out in yep. the first season and then like his his sister moves in or whatever it was yeah I forget the and then exact. the kid Raven Simone's there now with her it's like <laughs> it's all different uh, what did you think of this I had a couple years on uh, Nick and Knight Family Ties loved it great Watched show the shit out of this on on Nick and Knight Alex P Keaton himself man I had not real had much exposure to it I did I remember being timid when I first started watching Family Ties and I really fell in love with it that's a gr- brilliant it's a smartly written show fantastic Michael J. Fox is tremendous Michael Gross the the dad yeah. is good. Meredith Baxter, remember, they're all good. I remember even loving the later seasons, yes, like, which was weird because I wanted to see. I was very interested in where Michael Ke- Michael P. Keaton and Alex. his and his sister ended up because they were the ones like ascending to the age where they were going to like move out. Mallory, yeah. yeah, Mallory and Mike Michael P. Alex Ke- Alex P. Keaton, whatever. And I, I was like very interested. I remember feeling by the end very invested. I was like, oh man, what's going to happen to them? And I wished there was like some kind of like spinoff forever. Oh. Like I was like. Well, he became the uh, deputy mayor. Uh, oh, right. In Spin, <laughs> Spin City, City yeah. of course. Which would also make it to Nick at Night somehow. Eventually did. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to wind it up here as we get into 2001, 2, and 3. Cheers had a four-year run, which... I, Listen, we'll talk more about Cheers epic. one day. Yeah, this was another epic Nick at Night run. A, another Mary Tyler Moore tier Level. sitcom. Yeah. Yes, fantastic, fantastic. And that was all my exposure to Cheers. I watched so I watched so much of Cheers. That's where you show. watched it was Nick. Oh and Night, my huh? god! Okay. And then like when it came to Netflix, I felt like well versed. You had to right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, two thousand two. The Cosby Show began an eight-year run. Another fucking spot where I got to really watch this show. I think I've seen every single one. Every single yeah. episode. If it, it feels endless too, there's like so many episodes of that. Eight seasons. Yeah, they're not all good either, and no. it gets a little dopey towards some the end. Some of them are weird, like where the whole episode is just them fucking hanging out. I don't, like some of them are dumb. Yeah, there's some bad episodes. They'll just like show, randomly wander into Cliff's office to do something. Yeah, it like, happens. Like, it's just weird. Also, uh, Chachi in charge had a year-long run, a six-month. long Run, which, that was interesting just for the exposure of like because I would always wonder about that show. Yeah, I had never that, yeah, wasn't I, on like yeah, when we were kids. Right. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I watched it definitely. I watched a little bit of it. This and, is probably my peak, like the early two thousands was like, oh, these are all the shows I missed. Yeah, staying up late, watching it, shit. Yeah, yeah, I get it, man. Uh Coach only now, on for I, a year. This was because I had a soft spot. I watched Coach as it aired on and ABC. I loved it. Yeah, you like it more than <laughs> I, I do. I fucking love this I show. Know, I know. Dauber and Jerry Van Dyke. Jerry Van Dyke yeah. and always some shit happens. I, sometimes I'm, I play it up, but I actually do like the show. It's, it's a good, good show. It's a good. It's, it's slapstick. Good yeah, it's, it's, it's total fun. slapstick. It's a fun show. Yeah, uh, and then 2003 and beyond. Here, we're just going to quickly run down these. This these is are, like an all star list. Here. Yeah, these are all 90 shows. So from uh, February to September of 2003, Perfect Strangers ran. Fantastic, great. Got to see the moving in the house again. It was fantastic. It was great. <laughs> it's Laverne and Shirley, but with men. Yeah, it's, it's the, the same, same concept. Show. Yeah, great show. From September of 03 all the way up to December of 09, Roseanne. This slot was invaluable at revisiting all the Roseanne all the arcs. Roseanne's, yeah. Like I remember watching this and being like. God, these episodes, they're so heavy sometimes. I fucking love it. Yeah, especially once you hit season four, season five. And Becky, like... With the Mark thing. Oh, my God. God. And the Fisher shit. 
we're going to be talking about Roseanne one day, folks. Um, yeah. There's a lot coming. The reason I keep saying that is because you got to remember, this show is in its inf- episode yeah. two. Well, think of this show we as, so as a, uh, like a review of the future. Right. That's like what Nick at Night feels like a, to me. A, a re- uh, preview. A I preview, think, yes. Is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I said it backwards. <laughs> anyway, what's, what's next on the list here? A fucking Nick at Night juggernaut. 18 years! Because, <laughs> I mean, this show never gets old. Full house, baby. Yeah. It's fucking good. It only just went off Nick at Night in September of 21. It just recently took it off. <laughs> it's all time. Is that the longest running Naked Night show? It Holy is. shit. It deserves it's like it. It's nearly 20 years. Because you can just throw it on it's and It's on Naked Night asleep. longer than it was on regular TV. Like by a long as long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Fresh Prince, 04 to 09, and then 14 to 18. Wow. Another yeah. great show. That was a great pickup, too. Seriously. Because Fresh Prince, I was spotty on seeing the episode. Yeah, so I didn't watch see- it. I, I really feel like I got my most exposure like where I watched basically the entire show on Nick at Night. I think it's from Nick at Night for me too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Home Improvement, which is a sentimental favorite of mine. Sentimental, but you know what? That was a that was a case of I had seen every fucking episode before it even came to Nick at Night. Well, because yeah, I saw a lot of them first run on ABC, and a lot of them were rerun on Fox Five in our area daily. Right. So I saw tons of Home Improvement like. I- while it was still on, yeah. they were doing reruns. And here's one that I had no knowledge of and I didn't really watch a lot of. George Lopez, 07 to 20. I think it was like, when George Lopez debuted, it was about the time I didn't watch sitcoms as much, so I had like no attachment to well, this about, show at all. It's about the time a lot of people stopped watching sitcoms. 02 yeah. to 07. It's it really on. the late period. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a good period for ABC either. Right. You know, so. Like, I would have watched this if it was on good. like three years earlier or something. Yeah, you would have. Yeah, you know, I would have eaten that up. I think it's a good show. I mean, yeah, it's not, I, my it's favorite, not a bad show. It's a good That's show. not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like I just had no exposure to it. Gotcha. A six-month run began in 07 in April and this ended in October. This is a weird idea. Because yeah. when I was a kid, this is America's Funniest Home Videos. I watched this and I felt like it was live for some fucking reason because it was in front of like a crowd or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are they just like everyone gathers on Saturday nights at ABC Disney Studios to like watch fucking <laughs> tapes of people on them? Hey, it's a, it was a very popular show. Another one I want to talk about it's more. It's still on. The 100th host it or is, whatever. Right? I don't yeah, know. yeah, I think you're right. They, they just replaced Bob Saget 50 times. At yeah, this point. I know. You can't replace him, though. Yeah. Uh, Family Matters got a run on Nick at Night from mm-hmm. June of 08 to December of 2012. Fantastic program. I don't, I don't care that. what you say. I, we'll talk again. Yeah. And then I just wanted to bring this up just to give you an idea. This show ended in 05. <laughs> it was on. It was a very quintessential show. actually, they waited show. 10 years. I'll give them that. Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. And the reason I'm picking that as the last one to go over here is because when you think about where we started with Nick at Night, we were talking about shows that were 30 and then eventually 40 years old. And it obviously, as time goes on, it's going to narrow, but it is just crazy to me, and it started getting crazy in the 2000s when shows that I watched when they were new, like Roseanne. And you watched all of it? Yeah. Like Roseanne, for example? Everybody Loves Raymond yeah. and Home Improvement and all that. When they were then on Nick at Night, it made me feel old. Yes, this is, I mean, definitely the 2003 and beyond era yes. is like the, wow, I've seen all of these shows. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And now- There's no, like, wacky weird shit anymore that I've never heard of. And now it's already taken the next step where there are shows that are on Nick at Night now or recently that are 
after our time that we never even saw them new because we're yeah, not watching with TV. George Lopez is an example that, for me. That's an early example, yeah, but like, you know, How I Met Your Mother, I didn't watch a ton of. I know of it, you know what I mean? But like, correct me if I'm wrong, but in this beyond period, was there a time when they showed like fucking Veronica's closet and some of the weird, I like think, Caroline in the City I and think, all that bullshit? I don't know about Veronica's closet. I think. There I was like think the weird, you're right about Veronica's Closet or watching Ellie or one of those. Like, it was like where they started to pick like the B tier NBC um, yes. like Thursday night prime the stuff that was on at like nine thirty, like yeah. not the good slot. Like and you're <laughs> the like post nine o'clock. Yeah, slot. it's like what's going on here? Like the slot where we hope we don't lose too many people. Like Mad About You was on forever <laughs> on Nick at Night. It also, was. it yeah. was. Yeah, no, it was. It's like are they just gonna have a baby yet? Like when's it happening? They do though, right? Mabel or something. It's like the last episode or something like where they finally like it takes like the because remember that was like the that was the ongoing like struggle in that show yeah well folks we hope you didn't you didn't find this a struggle as we went through all of this here uh with the nick and night lineup again this is not an all-encompassing exhaustive list it's just a sampling of some of the shows to wrap it up here though the whole point that i think we started on and i want to end on is that for such a long period of time in my childhood and my formative years and into being a teenager in my early 20s, even with some of these mm-hmm. shows like Roseanne and Full House and Home Improvement, Nick at Night just captured a certain place in my heart for comfort. Yes. And I think also, before we get out of here, I just want to mention two other things. They kind of are credited with introducing the concept of marathons and binge watching because absolutely no one had been doing that on cable before them you see you nailed it with the summer block party that was the first time i remember where it felt like you could watch an entire season of a show in a night if if you chose to do that i remember watching like a shit ton of jefferson's one day in 99 or something you know what i mean i felt like or in maud i I swear i watched the entire like fifth season of roseanne in a night once they might have played it it's like the the weird one where like Jackie tries to seduce David in one episode and like don't bring that up and, and there's we like a Mrs. Need... Robinson scene please at don't the end. talk about that Quinn we don't need to get into that there's young ears listening yeah here. Uh, no but in all seriousness the other thing I just wanted to mention is the way they did their branding they had so many unique idents and bumpers that they put so much effort and thought into producing. Oh, yeah, all the bumpers and all right. that bullshit. The pastiche, kitschy things from the 50s yeah. and stuff. Every single one of those had thought put into it. You know, like yeah. actual, like, people care. What was in, yeah, I think that's one thing we didn't really touch on, but they cared about these old fucking shows. In fact, I remember there being a point where they would have reunion things or something, like where they'd have, like, a red carpet, and they're like, Something like, oh, Roseanne's going to debut on fucking yeah, yeah, Night or some no, shit. No, 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 but they did do stuff like that. Yeah. And they were so successful at branding their shows, updating the way they marketed the shows for people. So like yeah. kids like us would actually think Dragnet was cool. Yeah. Because the way they would promote it. You know, I remember them in their own advertising being like snarky about the fact that Oh, we only show reruns and we like brag about it or whatever yeah. the fuck they would yeah. say. Like, you know but what I mean? They did. They did yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, they were. They would like make fun of themselves because it is. It is just a bunch of fucking reruns at the end of the day. That's all it was. But they were so good at presenting those reruns, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the reasons why it's left a special place in the hearts of so many kids that grew up. You know, in the yeah. in the eighties and nineties. And obviously, Nick and Knight had its spinoff TV land, which uh, we're not going to talk about now. It got are, its own channel. It was it, so damn but good. But it's got its own channel. So I think uh, overall, what we want to hear from you guys is what are some of your uh, Nick and Knight memories? 
What are some of the shows maybe we didn't talk about? Because, again, we intentionally didn't cover every single show. What are some of the shows we missed that maybe you really liked? Why is uh, Quinn right about Family Matters? Let us know. Uh, it's fantastic. Did you watch the Donna Reed show? I'd really like to find that Nobody one out. Nobody watched that. <laughs> or that Susan, whatever that was. Yeah, the Susie McNamara thing. Yeah. Uh, one way or another, the Ann Southern show. Yeah. One way or another, folks, we really thank you for being with us here this week. For acid wash memories, as we've talked about Nick at Night, we will be back one week from now to talk about something completely different. We'll see. We will see. Until that time, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AWM Podcast. Give us a follow there. Tweet at us there. And also join our Facebook group. Just search Acid Washed Memories on Facebook and join the group. Until that time, though. Have a very, very good week, whatever you're doing with it. My name is Joe Morata. That is Michael Quinn, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Bye.